0: Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to all of our viewers and listeners. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to my esteemed guest tonight, Mufti Naif Abbas Patel. How are you, Mufti Sab?
1: I'm doing well. Jazakallah khairan.
0: Um, so, alhamdulillah, tonight we have a very qualified uh, Mufti, alhamdulillah. He studied in many different madaris. He studied in Nottingham, England. Then he studied also in Darululung, Karachi. Jameh bin Nuria bin Nuritan, and he also has a jazad from Sheikh Maulana Salimullah Khan so alhamdulillah he's a very well qualified alim, and tonight we're talking about nurturing your children and family planning, It's it's a very important topic, especially in this day and age, as we've been covering over the last few weeks and the last month or so, very important topics which people need to hear about and learn about, so alhamdulillah Mufti sahab has volunteered his time, jazakallah khair for that away from his family Um, so I really appreciate that and Mufti Sab, what would you like to let us know about this topic?
1: I think raising kids in the current climate and in the current environment it's definitely going to be challenging and I believe that parents they they need to be ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, raising the kids understanding the different types of problems that, you know, kids today are experiencing going through, uh, especially with, you know, the anti-Islamic rhetoric, which has become common. I think, you know, kids who have been, kids who are raised in an Islamic environment, they will definitely have, you know, questions related to, you uh, you know, this anti-Islamic uh, rhetoric, so it's that much more important for uh, parents to ensure that their kids are, as far as their Islam is concerned, they're confident. They at least have the answers to the objections that, you know, Orientalists raise, uh, as well as objections that, you know, the news media sometimes they, uh, they, they portray. And uh, you know, it's just, I, I think as i said you know parents just need to be really ahead of the curve
0: okay okay alhamdulillah that's a um good good analogy um and a good what's it called start to the topic so what's it called one of the most important things you as being a father alhamdulillah mufti Sab is a father of four sons very high energy um mufti Sab always tells me they're they're in their teens now they're running around so how paramount is it to make sure that the children are getting the nurturing from the parents not only from a religious perspective but a lot of love of affection from the parents
1: obviously that has to be there love and affection it has to be there the, par- the the children need to feel safe that you know their mom and dad they are always going to be behind them you know prepare them for the world i mean yes we prepare them so far as uh you know materialistic You know, gains are concerned, but we need to prepare our kids when it comes to, you know, spirituality, when it comes to Islam. I mean, our lives are finite, right? Um, You know, before we go, I think it's important that, you know, we give our kids every single advantage that we can give. So, not just advantages when it comes to the world, but advantages when it comes to the Akhirah. So, You know, we want our kids to be better than us. So, for example, if we're, you know, going to the masjid, uh, you know, twice a day, thrice a day, we want our kids to go five times a day. Right. We want our kids to be better than us. And I think all parents, they have this, you know, innate desire that I want my son, I want my daughter to be better than me. I want I want, you know, the religiosity to be that much more ingrained in my son and my daughter, right? So uh, I think all parents have this desire, and every parent, inshallah, they are working towards this.
0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. So one of the things which we spoke about beforehand, um, and this is a this is a topic which a lot of people have different opinions on, even amongst the ulama, um, but one of the things which I've seen and heard um, and especially talking with you what we've discussed is uh the importance of giving the proper time to the children and uh the saying of uh, Maulana Omar malanamar right. i believe uh he says that it's even acceptable to do some family planning in this regards what is your opinion and what is what are some what is some wisdom that you have behind this about family planning why so we should yeah. in this uh, atmosphere right
1: Terbiya is essential Terbiya is Without tarbiyah, that child is going to grow up without any law, without any adab, without any etiquette. And basically, you know, that child, you know, as some of our teachers, you know, they would use the word jungli, you know, just wild. That child is going to grow up as as a wild kid, doesn't know how to talk to his elders, uh, doesn't know how to uh, be compassionate to youngsters. And this poses a problem. You know, this is that that child instead of being an asset to his or her community, that child is going to be a pain in the community. So, tarbiyah, teaching good morals, good etiquette. I think this is the most essential thing. That you know, parent. This is, you know, I think where where did I read this? I may have posted it on my on my Facebook, Uh, but it was it went something along the lines that a father. Uh, training uh, and uh, teaching his kids about etiquette. This is more important than a father, you know, giving so much money, something to that effect. I I mean, I, I forgot where I read it or I may have posted it. I don't remember. But teaching etiquettes to kids, I think this is the most important thing, the most important legacy, I would say, parents can leave behind more important than wealth. I would say it's more important than wealth that to teach that child good morals, good manners, good etiquette, good Islam. And as I said, basically be an asset to his or her community. Um, now, just based off of this, yes, family planning, you know, if, a, if, if the mother and father's concern is that, you know, if we have too many kids, then how are we going to do their tarbiyah? How are we going to nurture them? How are we going to teach them? How are we going to train them? How will, they be able, how will they be able to distinguish between right and wrong? These are all things that parents are responsible for. You know, the child has a haqq on, on the parents. So um, as far as, you know, tarabiyah is concerned, I think this is wajib. You know, this is wajib on every single parent. You know, tarabiyah is, 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 a, is a requisite. And, uh, you know, without without that child is going to grow up, you know, just lawless, you know, it's going to be like the wild, wild west, where, you know, anything, anything goes. So based off of this, um, as I was saying, family planning, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with family planning, especially if the objective of family planning is nurturing, uh, nurturing, training, all of that stuff that's associated with uh, bringing a child into this world. So um, it would be it would be perfectly ja'iz. I don't see any issue with it. Uh, obviously, it's a different story if a person's intention, if a mother and father's intention is that, you know, we have to, um, you know, who's going to provide, right? When a person has that kind of intention that, oh, yeah, um, you know, having more kids, um, who's going to provide for them? I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mentioned in the Quran that, you know, we are the ones who uh, provide provision, you know, we give provision. So um, the, every single being, Allah is responsible, right? That whoever, you know, human beings that eat, creatures that eat, Allah is responsible for their provisions, yeah. So family planning is concerned, yes, it's it's uh, especially if the objective is, um you know, to train the child, to ensure that that child grows up to contribute positively to society. And when I say contribution, I'm not just talking about worldly contribution, but more important than worldly contribution is deen-related contributions.
0: So yeah, I was going to ask that question next, but you already answered it about the deen versus the dunya and being worried about risk that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alhamdulillah, he sends the risk with the child that a lot of times people are worried that when I have a kid, how will I provide for it? And after that, wa <laughs> al- Taala opens up the skies for that person. That's true.
1: That's true, and I and I've experienced that firsthand. Um, one oh, of my Allah. friends, wa uh, Taala, uh, give him happiness in this world and the hereafter. In Michigan, uh, mashallah, he has uh, he has seven kids. You know, he has seven kids, and um, alhamdulillah, you know, he's still he's still going strong. I mean, he just had his seventh kid uh, recently, and. Um, you know, it's just, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is opening the doors for him. So I don't think people need to be concerned uh, about that, you know, how are we going to provide. No, you're right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does open the doors of rizq. You know, that, that child is not going to go hungry.
0: Uh, some people think two or three this kid, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him and his family Seven. That's that's a mighty task.
1: Yeah alhamdulillah now he's he's an uh, he's an exceptional
0: exceptional
1: scholar an exceptional teacher uh, he's, a, he's from new york um you know he was imam at a masjid there right now he's teaching kids uh, full time and uh no alhamdulillah i mean the reason why i bring him into the conversation is because alhamdulillah i know that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened the doors for him and uh, um you know even after you know four kids you know, me and him, we kind of got married um, the same time. You know, my four kids are older than his first four kids. And wow. we're the same age and everything. Uh, but then, you know, after four kids, I struck out. And uh, he kept on going, mashallah. <laughs> he kept on going. So, alhamdulillah, <laughs> he's, he's on number seven right now. But uh, I can say firsthand that, uh, subhanAllah, you know, Allah Allah has opened the doors for him.
0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. So, as you said, family planning. So, with this intention, contraception would be acceptable. The utilization yeah. of contraception, as, lo- as long as it's not permanent.
1: Yes, yes. So, irreversible contraception, obviously, uh, that will only be jaiz if there are, you know, extenuating circumstances, right? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, reversible, reversible contraception. There's no, there's no issue with that, but irreversible. You would have to look at the situation. We would have to look at the situation, and then come to a ruling if it's okay or not.
0: Okay, Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Um. So, uh, as far as this topic goes, one of my one of my final questions would be, but well, what is the wisdom from your side on how to raise kids in this country properly, because of the challenges we face on a daily basis? And uh, alhamdulillah, you have four kids, but at By the same the- time, like the yeah. past three weeks, I've had the scholars and we spoke about some like. Really, really trying topics. How to raise kids properly? And I know there's no right way, but you can give us some wisdom because Alhamdulillah, you have four and they're a little bit older now. What do you say? What is some wisdom behind it? So
1: so I think kids need to be, they need to be able to delineate between what is Islamic and what is un-Islamic, right? So when they go to school, once they step out the doors, right? Once they step out of the house. That's it. The environment outside is un-Islamic, right? There's a lot of values that they're going to see. There's a lot of values that they're going to take in, which are un-Islamic values. So what we need to do as parents is create a home, create an environment at home, which is conducive to their Islamic upbringing. So we need to ensure that our environment at home, is 100% Islamic. So they understand that, you know, my parents are praying, they're reciting Quran. They have, you know, their system where in the morning, they're starting their morning with recitation of the Quran. They're starting their morning by offering Salatul Fajr with Jama'ah, right? Uh, Throughout the entire day, um, when they're eating Bismillah, right? Following all of the sunnah, So they understand that these are our values. And this is the reason why we're reciting these du'as. This is the reason why we're praying. This is the benefits of memorizing the Quran. This is the benefits of imbibing the Quran, bringing it into our life. That when we go to sleep, we read this du'a. When we get up, we read this du'a. When we go to the bathroom, we read this du'a. When we enter our home, we read this dua. When we exit our home, we read this dua. So I think this is the most important thing that parents can do is to create an Islamic environment at home so that the kids can distinguish between what is Islamic and what is un-Islamic. Right. Instead of kids reading, you know, books. Yeah, sure. You know, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, these types of books are fine. Uh, There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, But... In addition to reading these books, I think parents should introduce, you know, Talibul Haq. You can't go wrong with that. You know, Talibul Islam, you can't go wrong with that. You know, stories of the Prophet. You know, these are all stories that happened. And the Quran, when it mentions these stories, it's not just mentioning these stories so that you know we feel good about them. No, these stories are mentioned in the Quran because Allah wants us to derive benefit from these stories and try to replicate and try to imbibe some of the qualities of of those legends that are mentioned in the Quran. So that's uh, I think this is the most important thing you know environment, Islamic environment at home
0: Subhanallah Subhanallah um, So on a on an unrelated note um, I had asked Mufti Sab beforehand this question. I got this question yesterday so inshallah if you can answer it for us it was about okay. how jayis it is to mm-hmm. purchase or use Bitcoin? Because there's a lot of scholars who may not even put in research and they just say it's not fiat money, so it's not permissible. So what is your understanding and whatever research you've done on this?
1: I mean, you have two... Look, currently you have two camps, right? You have um, scholars who have declared that it's unlawful to purchase Bitcoin. And then you have scholars who have declared that it's lawful. So um, I believe... um, Sheikh Taha Karan of South Africa, Cape Town, he has written a paper on it. Uh, I think Sheikh uh, Mufti Faraz from England, Leicester, he has also written a paper. And both of them, their conclusion uh, that they drew was that it's permissible. It's it's lawful. It's they likened it, if I recall correctly, I read it some time back, but they uh, they analogized on fulus. So, Fulus was copper, it was copper coins, right? So, in addition to dinars and dirhams, you know, gold and silver, they would use Fulus as well, right? It's kind of like, you know, pennies. And um, although it, it never really had any intrinsic value, like gold and silver, but it was still used as currency. So, those people who have permitted Bitcoin... They have likened it, and they've analogized based on this fulus. Right. That's okay. I mean, that's 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 the upshot of what I understood.
0: And there was there was one more point you had made where you said that where people say that dollar is more strong because it's based on the dollar. I think you said it's it's not such anymore.
1: Yeah, no, I mentioned that the dollar it's paper money, right? Yeah. So the dollar it's you know well actually all of the money in the world it's not really backed by gold anymore yeah it's once not the gold
0: standard anymore
1: upon, yeah so once upon a time it was right yeah. it was backed by gold every single dollar was backed by you know that much gold but now uh economics have developed to such a degree that uh you know this paper money it's no longer backed by backed by gold it's being propped up by you know, different currencies just tying themselves to one another. So you have so many currencies that have tied themselves with the dollar. So if the dollar falls, all of those currencies, you know, they fall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- this is another reason where you know, scholars, you know, they've said that it's permissible to purchase Bitcoin because now you know, um, just as the dollar is no longer backed by, by gold, Right, this Bitcoin doesn't really need to be backed by anything, so it okay. would be permissible as long as it How? has some intrinsic value.
0: How important is it now? Let me ask you this I know this goes along with the main topic line. How important is it for us to teach our kids some financial elements, religiously speaking, as well?
1: I mean, financial elements, um, I
0: mean, like for- money management, at least.
1: Money management, I mean, I guess everybody is going to vary when it comes yeah. to money management. I mean, what we can teach them is, you know, how to be ethical when we okay. conduct business, you know, honesty. These are, you know, just, uh, uh, par- these are just really important topics that we need to discuss with mm-hmm. our kids. That when it comes to money, we need to be honest. We need to be, uh, we need to have integrity. Uh, we need to make sure that we're, that we're we're not cheating anyone, that we're giving full measure if we're involved in a in a business. I mean that's what we can teach them. But uh, as far as you know, managing money initially, you know, kids they're they're gonna want to spend. You know, it's their money they've earned it. So they're gonna want to spend. I mean, this is how I was as well. That when you earned that first paycheck, uh, you just want to spend it. So. That's something that you, I, I guess, uh, you would have to use tact, you know, over okay. time that you know, don't waste too much money. And an okay. um, you know, amana from, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I remember my teacher, Mufti uh, Taqee Sa'ab, he told us a story where uh, he and Mufti Shafi Sa'ab, they were, they were walking somewhere. And Mufti um, Shafi Sa'ab or Mufti Taqee they dropped uh, some coins and actually it was not a it was not some coins it was one coin atana atana so mufti shafi Saab told mufti taqi Saab, it was dark that find it mufti taqi Saab said oh it's it's only atana he goes no it's not about how much it is this is still ni'mat from allah it is still a ni'mah from, from allah it is still a blessing from allah and you need to you need to pick it up and appreciate that wow. so i think that to teach kids that you know appreciate this uh, this this ni'mat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that you need to value money you should not be you should not be extravagant and you shouldn't be too, too, uh, you shouldn't be frugal as well right not okay. too extravagant not too frugal. you shouldn't be wasting it on things that you don't need right if you have one okay. coat then okay one coat is sufficient right you don't need to buy you know the same uh you know Canada goose jacket right you have one <laughs> right so, um, same thing with. Uh, I mean, I can't really say anything about you know gaming because I myself am involved in gaming and stuff. So I do, <laughs> you know, waste money. You would have to ask someone else who's not involved in gaming if it's <laughs> waste money. But you you know, sitting it. over here, I could justify that it's okay, right? And I don't want to <laughs> do that because wrong. But, uh, but um, it's I mean, I, you know, I have the PS5 and you know Nintendo Switch. Um, even though uh, PS5 is very, very difficult to purchase right now, but I have it. Yeah. Is it a waste of money? Probably, probably. But, you know, if you ask me over here to justify if it's if it's money well spent, I would. Yeah, I would tell you it's money well spent. So I don't think I'm going to be, you know, I don't think I can answer very honestly when it comes to of- games and stuff.
0: Subhanallah. But uh, uh, Mufti, Mufti Saab, Jazakallah Khair for your time. Um, my du'as and con- condolences for your uncle. Last time Mufti Saab was supposed to come on a month ago, his uncle passed away. Um, and his, mashallah, Mufti Saab's father is very well known as well. He's a very respected friend of my father as well. Um, Haji Al-Haj Abbas Patel, Um He's Al-Haj now, right? No, no, he's not al Hajj. I don't no, think he's, uh, he's going
1: to. Hajj for the next few years with this COVID and stuff.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So what's it called? Uh, yeah. so uh, Haji Abbas Pertil, mashallah. Um, very very nice guy, mashallah. I've met your dad whenever I meet him. He's so kind and so soft, mashallah. Yeah. Whenever I meet him. But inshallah, please convey our salams to your father. Um and jazakallah khair for your time.
1: Wayakum. It was a pleasure. It was a
0: pleasure. Jazakallah for your time. As alaikum warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh I'm <laughs> a